Tales of the Kingdom, Chapter 8, Sighting Day. The subjects of the kingdom worked hard keeping Great Park beautiful. Some were gardeners, some were foresters, some were vine dressers, some were experts in animal husbandry, some were guides for strangers, some were healers, but no matter how hard they worked, they loved to play. The game children played best was Seek the King. I saw the king, exclaimed Amanda as she burst breathlessly into Mercy's cottage. Two little red foxes came bounding through the door after her, one bumping to a halt on top of the other. I saw the king on sighting day, she repeated, proud of her success. How wonderful, replied Mercy, who had just walked man who sat like stone to a chair by the window where the sun shone in. Once seated, the man didn't move. He didn't turn his head. He didn't say a word. Mercy said he must have experienced some awful grief in his life. Hero's little brother often crawled into the man's lap and patted his cheek, but still he didn't move. In a way, they were two of a kind. Little child never said a word, and the man never laughed. Often, the two sat quietly together in the sunshine. Sighting day means the king takes time to play, Amanda said, turning to explain to Hero, who was still too cautious for the lively girl. The children try hard to find the king all over Great Park on Sighting Day, Mercy explained further. It's a huge game of seek the king. He appears in disguises. Once a child makes a sighting, he can go to the practice field where the king and the children play the rest of the afternoon. Why don't you try the to sight the king, Hero. Hero shook his head no. So Amanda bounded out the door without him. She laughed as she ran, and the boy watched the foxes gambling at her heels down the path toward Wildflower Woods. It was no use. He would never sight the king. Every time someone had whispered, there's the king, Hero had only seen a beggar or a woodcutter or a gardener, never a king. Mercy said this was because he didn't believe in a king. You have to believe, she always explained, in order to see. That didn't make sense to Hero. The enchanter had said the opposite. Seeing is believing. It was all well and good for everyone else in Great Park to talk about a king, but how was Hero to know that they weren't playing a game with him or pretending? At any rate, he wasn't in the mood for such games today. Mercy had said that a friend of hers was coming this morning to look at his brother. Something was wrong with little child. Mercy said he was too old to be unable to speak and that normal children were full of laughter. Something must have stunned this little one, something that had knocked the words and laughter from him. Hero knew it was Enchanted City. Its sour odor sat upon their hearts. He remembered the burners igniting the fire at his mother's funeral. He saw again the stricken look in his brother's eyes. Now the younger boy could no longer laugh and the older would not play games. Watching his brother sit quietly on the still man's lap, Hero wondered, does Mercy's friend also know what to do for a boy whose scar goes deeper than his skin? Hero thought he heard someone call, sighting, but instead of a king, a peasant stepped into the cottage. He was wearing a collarless shirt and worn breeches. His hair curled beneath an old brim hat, which he hung beside the door. He banged cheerfully on the doorpost. Where's my friend, he called. Hero thought he'd meant mercy, but instead the old woman pointed to little child sitting by the window. Here he is, she said. Here's your friend. The peasant laughed. 
I thought my little friend would like to go with me today. We can watch the sun make the grapes fat, or we can listen to the bees singing in the flower garden, or we can race ducks across Duck Pond. He produced a birch bark boat with tiny sails and a small acorn people. The man handed the toy to the child who took it carefully. Then suddenly the peasant did a flip and then he walked around the room on his hands. Hero watched in amazement and Mercy laughed. The peasant walked to the door, his feet waving in the air. Come on, my friend, let's go see the ducks. To their amazement, Hero's brother climbed down from the still man's lap. Mercy handed the child the peasant's hat and he followed the upside down figure out the door and down the path. Hero thought he heard the beginnings of a boy's chuckle. Hero stayed around the cottage all that morning. In a way, he wished the peasant had asked him to go along. He chopped wood for the fireplace, careful not to get too close to the fire. He fed the pigs. He helped Mercy care for the man who sat like stone. He swept the floor. Early in the afternoon, a young man returned, carrying Hero's brother asleep in his arm. The little boy's thumb was in his mouth. There were berry stains on his cheek and chin. Well, we had quite a morning, said the man, the young man after little child had been placed in bed. Hero and the man sat at the table, waiting as Mercy poured cold juice from a stoneware pitcher. Where did the peasant go, Hero asked. The young man smiled. To find the king. It's sighting day, you know. Say, have you ever seen or heard a bee chorus? We did. It's amazing. They buzz in harmony. There was one old drone who was off tune, but the queen soon silenced him. Mercy laughed. Then we raced boats. There were 50 ducks and 50 boats and hundreds of children. The ducks won, but our boat came in second. The young man looked around and then spoke behind his hand. Your brother, brother and I blew hard into the sails. Hero didn't know whether to believe him or not. And oh yes, we watched the grapes grow. He motioned to a bowl of fruit on the table. Hero had thought they were plums, but, how, but now he saw that they were huge grapes plucked off the stem. Uh, we watched too long. I was telling a story. Sorry, but they're still good. Try one. Hero reached over and bit into the grape. It was luscious. He scratched his head. How had the grapes grown so large? The young man was still talking. And you'll be glad to know your little brother laughed. He loves to see people walk on their hands. He rubbed his arms and shoulders, and a little child talked, he said. I see the king. Mercy was sitting at the table with them. Most appropriate, she said, for sighting day, don't you think? With that, she got up, walked over, and planted a kiss on the young man's head. I knew you would help him. Thank you for your time. Hero looked at Mercy. Who was, who was this young man? What had happened to the peasant? Don't mention it, the young man was saying. It was wonderful fun. I'm going to the practice field. The children are all waiting there. You come too, Hero. This is one of the best days there is. And Hero soon discovered the young man was right. Sighting day was great fun. The man organized games and competitions. There were three-legged races and pole vaulting and hide and seek and human pyramids and walking the log. Hero found himself drawn into the middle of all the joyful clamor. He discovered that no place was more fun than the place where that young man was. The man taught them all to walk on their hands. 
The children struggled to perform the feat. Their elbows collapsed. Their legs refused to stay straight above their heads. Their feet tilted too far over. Whoa, down they fell. Everyone was laughing. See, said the young man to Hero, this exercise is great for making unhappy children laugh. The young man juggled with the clown juggler. They almost dropped oranges and almost bungled the throws and almost missed catching the falling objects. All the children laughed and clapped and cheered. And everyone shared jump ropes and balls and marbles and no one was left out of the games and no one was chosen last. The play ended when all the hot and sweaty children traipsed to Lake Marmo where they plunged into the cool water and splashed and dunked the young man who splashed and dunked each back. Hero had to admit that it had been a wonderful afternoon. Games were not so bad after all. By the time the young man walked back to Mercy's cottage with Hero, Little Child was eating his supper. I saw the king, he shouted and ran to greet his friend. These words were the first Hero had ever heard his brother speak. The older boy's eyes suddenly felt moist and he turned to the young man and said a choked, thank you. Mercy served them grapes, and they were so big, they made you laugh just to look at them, and some bread and cheese to go with. Hero took a bite of the fruit and thought he had never tasted anything so good. I see the king, said little child, smiling and playing peekaboo with his pudgy hands. Do you really think he saw the king, said Hero? Mercy looked at him in surprise, then slowly answered, yes. Hero's face had a frown. His happiness was fading into disappointment. Well, why can my brother see the king when I can't? Mercy looked at the young man with a question in her eyes. Quietly, he bent and tasseled Hero, Hero's hair. Your brother can see the king because he is a little child and little children play the games best of all. Others see the king because they believe and have been given the gift of seeing. Here in the park, believing comes before seeing. But will I see the king ever? asked Hero. Do you believe in the king? asked the young man. I don't know. I think maybe. But if I could only see. Well, someday you might, said the young man. He plucked another giant grape from the bowl and handed it to the boy. That evening, after everyone in Caretaker's cottage was quiet, Caretaker took Hero to, quiet, to Outcast Village. As they walked, the soft jingling of the tools in the man's pocket made a comforting sound in the dark. Caretaker explained that on sighting day, many outcasts were unable to play the game of hunting the king. Some were wounded, some were blind, others were mending from their diseases. So instead, the king came to them. He sang songs and told stories. He wove moonlight and warm night and all good things together until the hearts of the outcasts were comforted because the king had been among them. Unfortunately, Hero was too far away to see the king. There were too many people crowded around. The night was too full of shadows, but he heard a man's voice lifted into the sweet night air. Then all the people sang, sang along. Soon that song ended and another began. The boy felt strangely peaceful and thought that the ugly burn on his face might not really be so important. Someone began to walk among the people. Hero could see a form moving closer to him, stopping and talking to each outcast. He hoped it was the king. Hero peered into the night. It was, it was only a beggar. The man was wearing a brown cloak and hood. Hero, the beggar asked. Hero, don't you know me? Hero wanted to say, you're nothing but a beggar. But something in the man's voice stopped him. 
You must see me with your brother's eyes, the beggar said. You must see me as he sees me. The beggar took off his hood and cloak. Hero tried to see him with his brother's eyes, his brother who had sighted the king. And then, why? Why, yes, it was the peasant who had come into the cottage that morning and carried off little child. Hero, said the peasant, can you do this? He sprang onto his hands and balanced his feet in the air as he moved across the grass. Hero hadn't spent all afternoon on the practice field for nothing. He lifted his hands above his head, then went down to the ground with his feet in the air. He walked around awkwardly until he faced the peasant. They looked at each other upside down. The peasant now wore the face of the young man. Hero began to laugh. Yes, he said, just before he lost his balance and tumbled to the ground. You're the young man. Suddenly, it all came together. Hero understood. This was the king. This beggar, this peasant, this athletic young man. Here was the one who had made his brother laugh and helped him to speak. This was the one who had poured joy into Hero's heart and taught him that games were fun. The king sat on the grass beside Hero. The sovereign was laughing. So was caretaker. Hero could hear him jiggling and chiming. This is the king, said the old man. I know, said Hero. He rose to his feet. He flipped to his hands. He walked awkwardly with his feet in the air, balancing, tipping, then righting himself. Then he faced the men. He said, I see the king. And he did. So the boy discovered that seek the king is a wonderful game. Like all games, it must be played with a child's heart, which believes and is always prepared to be surprised because a king can wear many disguises.